Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And we thank you for joining us for the show this week. Hope you're staying well, staying healthy, and staying safe. On this week's show, it is my pleasure to welcome Kubo Kyle Nash, the student of the game, one of my colleagues at the A7B and Sports Network. And he is also doing a variety of things. Co-host of Beyond the Buzzer on 98.5 The Wire. Co-host of Hilarity by Default's Default Assault. Contributor with Captain & Company in the morning on OldSchool101.com and the A7B and Sports Network. And also the Sports Junkies on WAXE in Vero Beach. And if that weren't enough, a writer for Dolphins Wire of USA Today and SportsMediaPass.com. Kyle, thank you so much for being here. Hey, man, it's good to be aboard. Uh, what can I say? I, I, I enjoy the stuff you do, so I can only grow smarter by being on this cast with you and, and build on when we met each other actually on the flight deck with Old yeah. School 101's Captain and Company in the morning. That's right. That was just a little over a month ago, and that was basically about a week into our sportsless world. And uh, yeah. how you been coping without sports? Uh, listen, um, for me, I have an 11 month old that I'm chasing on the regular and, and I'm also doing homeschooling while working from, uh, uh, working from home as well. So my mind is challenged like the most intelligent coach and my agility is tested by chasing a crawling 11 month old who sprints faster than some dogs can run. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good with the sports thing, man. Let me tell you. Well, that's uh, that's good. And of course, uh, you know, we just uh, had the NFL draft last week, which kind of gave uh, us uh, sports fans something to, to lock on to and have a little diversion. And uh-huh. interestingly enough, it was the virtual draft. And I find it very interesting that, you know, it's so been so well received. I thought it was a breath of fresh air. Now, we know the league would not just go totally virtual because they make a lot of money going to various cities around the league and those cities in turn make a lot of money. But I think there's some aspects of this that they probably want to look at keeping. Absolutely. Like I I, I can't help but think Jeff, that, that the, the virtual watch party thing is going to become a staple, right? How often have you seen these NFL, uh, NFL network commercials with fans sending in their various, well, back in the days it would have been Vines, now it's FaceTimes or Facebook Live videos and all this other stuff, or Periscopes, you know, wherever that is or whatever it is, these these mail, these mailed-in pre-recorded things. Pre-recordings are a thing of the past, Jeff Allen, I'll tell you what. <laughs> these watch parties, I think it'll be the way to go. And if it's me and if I'm in the NFL's marketing department or they're listening to your show and hearing me say it, don't be shocked if you have a, a, a virtual watch party for singular games during the season as well. Ah, that's an interesting idea and a very good point on that. And I think what the virtual draft showed too, you know, when you remove all the pomp and circumstance of of uh, of what the NFL draft has become, it's become a mega rock shot, rock star show. And you know, you you see all these guys in their homes, uh, the the NFL uh, GMs and coaches working from home. You see in their kids, you see the families with the the players that are being drafted, and it even kind of humanized Roger Goodell a little bit, if that's all possible. Yeah, I love the humanization point. Heck, he at least seemed more human because, you know, you had to get an app to actually get your booings every round in. So he did, <laughs> that could have raised the element at least psychologically for Roger Goodell. And listen, I'll tell you this, Jeff. When it comes to the NFL draft, I'm of the opinion that it's really kind of like IT workers working from home. A lot of people are new to it. 
But some of the people who are uh, who are working virtually all the time, such as some people who are in IT, no, not me necessarily, but uh, other uh, other people out there in the world, they're keeping it quiet. The fact that we really been doing this all along, and y'all been catching up to it. Like for example, the the Griffin boys. For those who are here locally, I believe Shaquem Griffin had people in his house, and he was with Shaquille. At the time, and they we seen the whole famous scene, and they're hugging that they're on the same team now, and all this other stuff. I believe that was the fifth round, and I don't remember that actually taking place on stage. That's been in a home, right? So really, all they're doing is expanding on something that was already there, and 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 kind of expanding it uh, for not just a player, but uh, many players. So it's air quotes new. But how new is it really, you know? <laughs> yeah, no no question about it. And, of course, you, you know, yeah, we, we're going now from it. It's no longer just, you know, a video taken on the cell phone. You know, they're getting uh, nice uh, camera feeds inside the house and everything. And I got to say, uh, you know, totally impressed with how the NFL, ESPN, NFL Network was, was able to pull that off with very, very few glitches, if any at all. Uh, when you think of all the hours of programming they had to put on the air and have that go as seamless as it did, that is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, technologically speaking, I felt the same way. I didn't see a whole lot of glitchy or jitteriness or any of that. Um, heck, the most glitches I saw were some of the uh, hosts from the <laughs> from the college game day crew doing the draft and talking all over each other. I thought these guys worked together for years, man. <laughs> Yeah, no question about it. So um, the NFL draft, very interesting. Of course, uh, since you do some uh, writing centered around the Dolphins, got to get your uh, take on the uh, Tua Taga Viola pick. Uh, still, I still struggle with his Dave after all these years. But uh, Tua is now a Dolphin, and they put their first-round draft pick stock in him. What are your thoughts? Listen, Tua Tagovailoa was ne- not necessarily the thing I would have said it. Last year, people were talking about tanking for Tua with the Dolphins, I thought they should even uh, continue the the mission to to get a high round draft pick into 2021 and possibly considering getting clever for Trevor. That would be Trevor Lawrence of Clemson, <laughs> for those who are wondering. Um, heck, even hurling for Herbert was a thing. Boy, I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, that, <laughs> that being said, I gave the, the, the Dolphins a C for their draft in my episode with uh, Danny Thompson last night that we did virtually for 98.5 and Beyond the Buzzer. Um, but it wasn't because of the Tua pick. I really liked that they got Tua the way they did. And regardless of how you feel about his medical issues, here's what I know. This is a guy they were trying to get to the top of the draft to target. Okay, They failed doing that because they won five games when they're trying to tank. I don't know if that's good or bad. Ask Dolphin fans. They'll tell you we suck even at tanking, so there's that. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, Jeff, they didn't have to move from the fifth-round spot to get their guy, that's a bleeding win, if you ask me. Where they struggled was in some of their later first-round picks, okay? You shipped, you shipped Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil to get these guys, and I don't think you got your value back, right? And, and, and I get what they're thinking. You know, in late in the first round, they had they got a corner who's Noah, a name I still need more practice uh, to pronounce that's even more difficult than Tunga Vailoa at the corner position, and they were trying to replace Minka Fitzpatrick. They, it could be argued that they needed to open up their vision and concentrate more on either the pass rush or get another running thread than perhaps, you know, John Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, uh, uh, Swift, was, well, they were all still on the board at that point, and they passed for this guy. Moreover, 
they failed to acquire the man I've called, uh, the guy I've called the pool man now, thanks to his draft day footage, Tristan Wirtz, that Tampa swooped in and trading with the 49ers and acquiring. That forced them to reach to get the tackle that they did end up with at a USC, who just isn't the same kind of flash uh, as a prospect that works is. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe that maybe they'll still do a good job. I'm not here to say that they didn't fill the needs or didn't have a good draft, but with all the picks that they have, they did good. I just feel like they could have done a lot better. Austin Jackson was not who they were hoping to come away with to protect Tua. What I did like to keep the grade below, I, I couldn't go below a C because they were trying to protect Tua and an injury-prone guy like that who you think still has potential. Protection was the key. They got two offensive linemen within the, <clears throat> excuse me, they got two offensive linemen within the first three rounds of the draft. That shows a serious commitment to not just protecting him, but for solving offensive line problems they've had since the scandal with Richie Incognito and Jonathan Martin. Well, I'd say the draft pick I do really like is the one of grabbing Davies, Malcolm Perry. Uh, this guy uh, was a, had a tremendous senior season at quarterback, but he also played other positions. Uh, Dolphins drafted him as a wide receiver. And uh, do you see some Taysom Hill-type activity going on with Malcolm Perry? <laughs> Absolutely, I do, my friend. And I'm glad you brought up I'm glad you brought up the man out of Navy yourself. I saw him from the press box, and he's what made me take this from a C-minus to a C. Uh, I really like that. You get a seventh round, you get a gadget guy, and the Dolphins team has done things. If you remember, granted, it was under Adam Gase still, but what they did in 2018 when they beat, let's say, the, the Raiders, for example, some a lot of these trick plays, you got you got uh, guys in motion catching direct snaps and taking it 70-something yards to house to win the game. That's the kind of stuff you have Malcolm Perry in for, and that's the kind of thing that I believe he will be applied to do. Listen, the... Uh, the Dolphins receiver core doesn't have any huge stars or anything like that, but they're a core of guys that rotate well and can be plugged in very well. Uh, if they have, if they face more issues at that spot like they do last year, you'll definitely see Malcolm Perry getting some playing time. And with what's going on at running back there, don't be surprised if he gets some carries into the rotation as well. Yeah, and he is a tremendous athlete. Uh, has a lot of skill, that's yeah. for sure. So let's move to the Bucks because you did bring up uh, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive tackle from Iowa, their their first round draft pick. And uh, I would like to say probably that maybe is that influenced by Tom Brady saying my part of my condition is there. You make sure you protect my backside. <laughs> um, I think any good football coach should be interpreted that way. Um, yeah. You know, if, if, if maybe Gronk, maybe he had some decision in Gronk. But if you're getting a 42-year-old who couldn't, who the four times that his team was, uh, or, or his defense, I should say, allowed more than 17 points, that they lost every game, I'd want to protect my 42-year-old Hall of Famer too. Everybody seems to forget that about the Patriots, that the defense did do a lot of the work. Am I here to talk trash on Brady? No. He's still going to be a first-round Hall of Famer. Heck, they've already tailored his gold jacket and they're pretty certain he's not going to lose weight because he's already in great shape. It could be like a couple buying a plot to get buried in. They could have <laughs> made that investment years ago, and it'll still be good another decade. I get it. <laughs> but you got to keep this guy from suffering, let's say, the fate of, let's say, uh, Brett Favre, who had an unfortunate game against the Steelers as a Minnesota Viking, and they had to peel him off the turf and pull in Joe Webb to get that uh, to finish the season. They don't want that to happen 
to uh, their, the, the golden boy Thomas Edward Brady by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and then you look down the uh, the draft uh, picks that they had. Antoine Winfield Jr., it's hard to believe that, uh, <laughs> that now we have uh, Winfield Jr. Uh, playing professional football after watching his dad play for uh, many, many years. Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt, the running back. Tyler Johnson, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, Khalil Davis uh, from Nebraska, defensive line. Um, some solid picks uh, as we go through that. Yeah, I liked it too. I haven't finished my research on the NFC yet uh, because that will be on Thursday night with Beyond, Beyond the Buzzer, but I'll say this. I've looked at that closely enough to know that I feel like they addressed all the big needs they need to, right? If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, from my, where I sit, you have two big problems. Pass defense and Tom Brady protection. But Cal, Cal, they don't have a good running game. Listen, they got the pool man works and they got Gronk. They got one of the best blocking tight ends of the modern era and a guy that can jump out of three feet of water in a damn pool that improves the running game just by accident and you have tom brady whose release release time averages just around if not a little below or a little bit above two seconds listen if my quarterback threw the ball two seconds every time not only would i lose weight from a lack of activity as an offensive lineman but the running game would open up okay this is the you got plenty of things that opened up the running uh, running game without having to draft a, a running back. And you mentioned yourself, the guy that got out of Vanderbilt. I think they're going to be fine there. Um, their defensive front is already great, and they're not going to have to try to clean up messes from inside their own red zone because Tom Brady is not going to lead the league in interceptions by a long spell like Jameis Winston did. Yeah, you know, that was the one thing, uh, you know, in fact, we were on Captain and Company the, the week that Tom Brady uh, signed with the Buccaneers. And, uh, and of course, I mentioned at the time that, uh, well, the good news is he won't throw 30 picks. Um, but, you know, he is a 42-year-old quarterback, which I think still has to be in consideration. Now the Bucks fans are losing their minds because his uh, running mate, Gronk is now on the scene, and they're envisioning Lombardi trophies, which I think is a little bit far-fetched. Um, but still, you know, with the, the amount of talent they have in Tampa, you know, maybe you can live with Brady as a bus driver. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the running joke is that, you know, Tom Brady isn't even the best quarterback in his own division anymore. Well, and hey, when you're playing in the AFC East, you know, that's a pretty low bar too. But I say all that to say this, Jeff, like, you know, People talk smack. People use the term game manager as like some sort of a, a, a slur against quarterbacks, and it really shouldn't be. Uh, ben Roethlisberger made his rookie season and, and dang near won a Super Bowl that year if it weren't for the New England Patriots as a game manager. Russell Wilson won his first Super Bowl incredibly young because he was a game manager. You could say it's the same same thing about Peyton Manning in his last Super Bowl, right? Um, I call him a tactician, but yeah, in his own way, he manages games. But he could also force plays to happen, too. And I could say the same thing of Brady, that he, in fact, is a game manager. Keeping, If you look at his game as a youth, um, a lot of it was him just, hey, don't, ha- don't, don't throw the ball to the other team, hand it off to Corey Dillon, and or or throw a bunch of bubble screams uh, because we'll we'll put our running game in the form of a long handoff to a receiver and a bubble screen. And every now and again, when they pull in, that's when you fire the long shot. Then as Brady got older, he developed his arm a little bit more. We found out what a student of the game that he was and where he could put the ball in good placement all over. He's still a game manager, Jeff, but he's just really good at doing it. And so we've seen what he can do with amazing receiver cores as well. I'm not here to tell you that 
that um, Mike Evans is Randy Moss, or even that Godwin is 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 uh, Ju- uh, um, not Julian Edelman, uh, Wes Welker. But these are good guys, and I think the bus driver role, as you say it, that's not bad at all. Bad at all. I just think they're keeping the running backs in the back of the bus. So let's take a look at uh, Jacksonville. This is a team that had a lot of picks, and uh, you know they get uh, Harold uh, defensive back C.J. Henderson from Florida. They get uh, a tremendous edge rusher and uh, Chase On from LSU. Uh, Chanel, the wide receiver from Colorado. Devon Hamilton from Ohio State. Uh, that's just uh, naming the top uh, picks that they had through the first three rounds. Yeah. Um, so here's my problem, and, and, and please allow the listeners who enjoy the Jags to get their tomatoes ready. Don't get it twisted. I'm still going to be traveling, hopefully, with Captain and company to the Jacksonville Jaguars training camp to get a chance to talk to my dude Nate Evans again now that he's wearing something different than black and gold. Uh, but that all being said, I have to tell you, I did not enjoy seeing a corner, two corners at that in this draft, being taken within the first 10 picks. Uh, what I've seen in my experience is that cornerback, if you're going to make any position on the NFL football field uh, disposable, it would be corner. Oh, sure. It's awesome to have well. And I'm not here to tell you that Darrell Rivas didn't have his value and wasn't singularly an essential part of the Patriots' success the year that he was there. And he won the Super Bowl thanks to Pete Carroll making the worst offensive call in Super Bowl history. But at the end of the day, if I got a good pass rush, or a great pass rush, like I would expect to have in a place that calls themselves Saxonville, I shouldn't need a corner. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, talk a little, a little bit about, you know, Jacksonville now, uh, obviously, has settled on Minshew as their quarterback, uh, with Nick Foles now often in, in Chicago. And, and so now that the reins will officially be his, he did a great job in his rookie season keeping things afloat and, and, and really lifting the Jaguars probably higher than they should have been. What do you think about uh, their prospects for next season? Listen, I appreciate Uncle Rico, and this season will definitely be a great test for him to see if he can throw it over the mountain, just like he promised Napoleon he would. Um, no, I like Gardner <laughs> Mitchell, man. I, I, as, as If nothing else, he's a guy you like to cheer for. Um, he's very, how you say, Tebow-esque in that sense, where like you see him and, and you don't have a problem cheering for him a little bit, even if you aren't a Jaguars fan. He's, there's something about him that's just kind of cool. Uh, I, what I do appreciate is the Jacksonville Jaguars organization owning up essentially, or at least tacitly saying that they're owning up to Nick Foles not being the best idea overall last year. I mean, how often do you see clubs hold on to something like that after they know they should move on just to see uh, save face? Too many times, and I can argue that Blake Bortles is one such example with the Jags. Um, but that all being said, um, I feel good about their prospects there. Um, they're, the, the thing that's really kind of tough is that they have a lot of offensive linemen in the upper part of their salary cap, and a lot of them are, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them, but those same guys are also having trouble staying on the field regularly, and it has impacted their play uh, uh, on the field uh, and putting points on the board. You could be Saxonville all day, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the offense to score, you still can't win. And, oh, by the way, I would like to remind everybody that Calais Campbell is no longer a thing in Jacksonville, and, and that, that, de- that defense is going to struggle to be what it was previously. Though I do like the pick out of LSU late in the first round to address, address the, the linebacker spot with Josh Allen there too. And I know there are certain other disgruntled, disgruntled players that say, well, he's franchised, so he might stay. No, no, he, 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 he's gone, guys. I, I really don't think he's going to be there. 
Yeah, and of course now, uh, you know, looking locally at the University of Central Florida, um, seeing Gabe Davis, uh, yeah. fourth-round pick of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, before I ask you how you'll fit in there, you know, I kind of thought he was, uh, you know, I, for me personally and maybe a little biased, I think he, he might have been – uh, late first or second round talent. He was projected a lot to go in the third, ended up lasting his little fourth. But how do you think he'll do in Buffalo? Uh, I, I project him at the third too. And, and honestly, and this isn't to slight Traquan Smith at all, but if the depth of that receiver core in that class that Traquan graduated with were the same as this class, which it's not because you and I both know it was receiver crazy. Mm-hmm. Ten guys went in the first round, and they still have plenty of, of, of great, great talent um, You know, going on there. I really think that, that Gabe could have very easily been a third-round pick. But, whoa, Nelly, you got to love his situation, Jeff. I mean, <laughs> can we be clear about this? They're starting to get a guy who's kind of a bona fide quarterback in the AFC East. Granted, that's like calling something a jumbo shrimp, but hear me out. And Josh Allen has proven that at least the opportunity to win the division, especially one where the exodus of Tom Brady is a thing with an established defense, with a team that's a bit of overtime heroics uh, by Deshaun Watson away from winning a playoff game, mind you. They got Stephon Diggs on one side and have given Gabe Davis the opportunity to perform as a slot man. And oh, by the way, you already know another great running back he's playing with there in Buffalo. In, uh, in Devin Singletary, that's already doing a great job. You have folks, what I would call a balanced offense that there now, especially with Gabe and Stephon Diggs in place. Uh, I think much like Trey Quan did his first year opposite uh, uh, Tom, uh, Mike Thomas in New Orleans, you'll see uh, Stephon, Di- or excuse me, you'll see Gabe Davis have a great time getting open with Stephon Diggs on the other side. I, I think he could have a very long career, much like Brandon, Brandon Marshall said himself on social media. Yeah, there you go. And you did mention uh, Nate Evans was a undrafted free agent signing by the Jags. Uh, what do you think his opp- opportunity is there? Listen, I, I know he's not going to be the biggest guy in the locker room, but his personality profile checks out. This guy is is a dude who was doing Ray Lewis-style dances on the field playing against certain teams. I saw him do that in Houston. I asked him about that. Uh, the pre uh, the following press con- weekly press conference on Monday, and all he could tell me is, "Man, I just felt the moment." And I went, and and, and this is what this kid does. He plays on pa- on passion and emotion, and that's kind of got that Saxonville feel to it in doing that. But moreover, Jeff, the thing that's going to be important for him, and this is a little, little bit of insider information here. He said, you know, not flexing any ego at all. Hashtag humble brag. <laughs> but what, at one of the money print pressers where I got to talk to him. Um, he, he, we were kind of wrapped up and I had to close my recording device and all this. And, you know, he had asked me, he had asked me if we, uh, I was going to travel with him. I forget which game it was. Oh yeah. It's a pit. He asked me if I was going to travel up there to pit with him. Uh, and you know, I told him that I'm not big time enough to travel. He's, I got a day job and everything. He's like, Oh, what you do? So I told him, you know, what I did for my day job. And he started to ask me questions. He was just very interested. And I made a comment about, well, you know, without getting too much in it, I'm not here to bore you. And he's like, well, no, I'm, I like to learn and hear about things, man. Let me know. He, I'm, I work in specialty pharmacy by day, Jeff. And this guy wanted to hear intricate details about specialty pharmacy from a guy he might see once or twice a month. Hmm. Can you imagine if he's in Jacksonville and trying to learn a scheme and a playbook every day for his profession, his newest profession? Oh, Nelly. 
Yeah, yeah, and I tell you, I, I love his motor, and his uh, his propensity for getting to the football uh, will certainly give him an opportunity there. So Adrian Killens, he uh, signs with the Philadelphia Eagles along with another American Conference player, and Michael Warren, who was a stud in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Killens, uh, you know, could he be an Alvin Kamara-type player? No, he can't be an Alvin Kamara-type player. He's going to be Darren Sproles-type player. Because okay. He's in Philadelphia, and Darren Sproles is there actually coaching him. See, you thought I was going to go negative on there, didn't you, Jeff? <laughs> no. Adrian Killens, man, not only does he have that similar build as, uh, as Darren Sproles, we got that low similar gravity, and he's tougher than you think at his size. You and I both know that his top speed is better than one Darren Sproles. Not that I'm trying to tell you that Darren Sproles is trash. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you that Adrian Killens could fit very well in this offense. I mean, after all, what's the meat of it anyway, typically speaking? Tight ends. They're trying to beat you senseless and then take opportunities down the field. They don't have really a guy that you can put it in space and make a difference until they got AK. Yeah, yeah, no question. And, 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 you know, his speed, it was just so much fun to watch. And oh, and, yeah. the, and the fact, you know, even though I think uh, Josh Heifel got a little too in love with running him between the tackles, he did not, you know, shy away from that. And he, he definitely uh, is has got uh, an amount of toughness that you can't measure. Uh, and then our other uh, Central Florida player uh, signing free agent, uh, Navelle Clark, cornerback from Central Florida, joining his uh, former teammate Mike Hughes in the land of the Vikings. I mean, uh, with all with all the recent exodus of good DBs coming out of Minnesota, if Clark's going to find a home, it would probably be there. And, and having my cues to bring him along certainly wouldn't hurt matters at all. Um, I'll put it this way. If he doesn't catch on there, it's going to be because be because the Vikings roster is so deep. And if it's that if he's competing in a situation there where the roster's that deep, uh, I'll put it this way. How I got better in my semi-pro football career, uh, which was for that one single season, the way I got better real fast was having to pay, face the best pass rusher in practice every day and get chopped around for a while while I learned my technique. And it's that same concept that will get Neville Clark in the right place, I think, too. Um, there's potential there that if he doesn't make it in Minnesota, it's because that roster is just a really good roster. Yeah, no question. Uh, but it is fun to watch, you know, UCF players uh, try to make the uh, the next level step, and we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that. So let's change gears a little bit. Uh, you know, in the sportsless world, we're hungry for anything, and ESPN <laughs> moved up the Michael Jordan documentary uh, to start this month instead of waiting until uh, later down the road. And... I guess it could be a fact that we're either starved for for anything. Uh, the The only thing driving me crazy about the Jordan documentary is is I I have to get off Twitter when the episodes are airing on ESPN because everybody and their brother has to make a comment. <laughs> I mean, what you didn't participate in Game of Thrones? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so that that said, so you know the ratings have been boffo for them, which they certainly needed because without sports, they've been you know circling the drain as far as the ratings are concerned. Um, so, how much of it do you think is of the starvation, and how much of it do you think is you? because people are interested to see behind-the-scenes stuff on one of the greatest players in NBA history. Uh, I, I, there's obviously a little of both to that, Jeff, but what I'm going to introduce is a third concept. Until LeBron James has been retired for at least three years, the who is better Jordan or MJ, de- or excuse me, Jordan or LeBron debate is going to be a thing. Heck, Jeff, I, I wrote an article two years ago for Sports Media Pass that, that, that was talking about bad arguments 
um, uh, to defend a- MJ with. And, and this, by, this, is, this is somebody who thinks Michael Jordan is the GOAT, by the way. I just get sick of people making bad arguments to give people who think LeBron's the GOAT uh, 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 ammunition that's because it's a bad argument like you know would you rather make it to the finals or get cu- tossed out in the first round like jordan did his first three years i wouldn't but, but now you know that happened mm-hmm. and now you know why it happened and now you know what the 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 standing of of things were back in that day and maybe jordan didn't have such a easy breezy path to the finals like some of these people want you to be there i'm so glad that this special is in place now granted i have not gotten to consume as much of it as i want because well i cut the cord which means espn's hard to find if you got tips for me off show well i'm glad to take them <laughs> <laughs> but i say all that to say this i love the light that's being shed on this and and this is a cheesy barometer but i've noticed the debate on facebook getting just a little bit more intelligent because some of the facts are out there and after all why else would jordan decide to stop sitting on this footage after all this time if he weren't a little worried about king james catching his tails there yeah and you look at that fact that uh, uh, the the punishment that he had to take at the hands of the detroit pistons oh, and, and nobody has seen that in today's game I listen, there's a reason why the video game was called Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. Okay? <laughs> yeah, no question. And then, you know, the recent episodes uh, from this past sun, uh, Sunday uh, focusing on Dennis Rodman and uh, the, the craziness that he brought to the show. And I guess the, you know, the big story was, you know, him uh, needing, you know, when Scotty Pippen came back from injury, he needed to take a break and he wanted to go to Vegas. So, you know, uh, Phil and Michael kind of worked to help, help work out a plan for that so rodman takes off for a couple days of vegas so do you think that is the the origin the where load management <laughs> first started <laughs> that, that's a hell of a theory isn't it wow <laughs> and it would make sense that somebody who was such a how you say a spectacle of an absolute it, it, it makes sense that dennis rodman would be where it started and how it ended up that you, you go from it having to be a, a loose cannon kind of interesting case guy like 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 dennis rodman and then it being to such an even keel um off called boring although not fairly a uh, Kawhi leonard guy and uh, now that we're here in 2020 i wow i really like that theorem jeff let's 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 build on it find you, we need to find a young graduate student that can make that his doctoral thesis and build on that <laughs> yeah there you there you go and um it is interesting when you when you look back at that era of basketball in the '90s, and I'll even take it a step further back into the '70s and '80s. When and and I am and I am totally an anti load management kind of guy. When you look at the fact that you know how much easier travel is, how much better the accommodations are right. in today's game versus what they were back in Jordan's time, and even well beyond Jordan's time, when those guys actually had to fly commercial. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, as a guy who's a mere 6'5 himself, uh, although I am 300 pounds, I'm uncomfortable as hell, you know, on these flights. Now, and and that being said, you know, we talk about load management. Sure, LeBron has to do some load, or does, I shouldn't say has to, does some load management. But hey, Michael took a full year off to play baseball. 
Doesn't that count as a little bit of load management? I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Interesting aspect. I didn't think of that, but uh, uh, you know, he certainly didn't run the bases enough to, uh, to to qualify that as a vacation. That's for sure. Yeah, he kept in shape. I mean, he wasn't irresponsible about being off. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> here we are. We're go what like 47 days or so since uh, the sports world came to a crashing halt on the uh, the, the the verge of uh, just before March Madness. Um, you know, and I. And I don't want to get into too much speculation because I think there's still so much we still just don't know about uh, the virus and and, right. and how we advance and, and whatnot. But uh, you know, sports is when it does come back is going to be a lot different than what we left it as. You should hope so, right? One would think so. Um, granted, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly how you can get rid of the uh, the, the the mass. Uh, mass gathering aspect of observing any event, not just sport, be it sports, rock concerts, what have you. Um, that's always going to be a part of a big event like that. And, and, and that's too much of how artists or athletes get paid. So it's not like those can go away if you want the entertainment industry, as, uh, or at least as we know it, to, to really thrive. Um, I'm wondering if, if, again, we're back to the, you know, the live watch party piece, you know, maybe that becomes a bigger part of it. And, and maybe, you know, instead the, that, that uh, software companies like, you know, are going to, to get to pay NFL uh, teams the right to, 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 to exclusively provide that. And then they'll get, they'll get to advertise on it. Maybe that's the future of it. I really don't know what the change is going to be. But, um, I mean, there's a whole lot of I don't know and uncertainty. I mean, I'll put it this way. We're still at the NBA at the point where the NBA is flirting with continuing its season and saying the earliest we'll let people back in their facilities is May 6th, but don't give up hope that we're going to do the playoffs. I mean, they say what you will about that. That's still kind of how, how sports leagues are talking. I mean, there's the really optimistic on that side. And then there's people out there who are saying, well, we have college and professional football uh, in the, in, in the fall upcoming. It's, it's all over the place, man. Yeah, it it is crazy when you think about that, and you know, and you look at the NFL. You know, they definitely want to do a season, and they have probably you know have been the luckiest of all the sports because you know they have not had their schedule affected to any degree yet, and you know they do the off season better than any league uh, by far and away. Great numbers, uh, their free agencies, uh, uh, its own event. And then they had the draft, and you know if any league is going to pull pull itself through this, I'm going to say it's the NFL. Yeah, I mean they took advantage. Listen, well, any sports league has been taking advantage of the starvation, as you've been calling it. A great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WNBA had had ridiculous records for their draft that had happened a number of weeks before the NFL draft. There, I think it, there was something that that they they had a draw that was 400 percent, or no, it was 400 thousand viewers was four times their previous record, something like that, previously. And, and while it's good to raise your record by a factor of 400%, 400,000 viewership, it, it, it just isn't as impressive as some of the other sports, but that is what it is. That's a growing league. And then the NFL takes it, kicks that into overdrive, and does amazing numbers with it. I'm with you. I think there was a lot of lessons learned to make the experience better for players overall. And, and I actually I did a video about this with um, Hilarity by Default. Um, in the sports, sports Symposium series we did, I talked about fantasy football and the reason why that's so 
successful is the interactive immersion aspect of it. The watch party thing only adds to that interaction and that immersion. It's 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 a I'm, I'm, there's a the possibilities are pretty uh, limitless there, and I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, no question about it. And and then you think about uh, some of these uh, other aspects of you know how we get through the, the the next wave because now that the NFL draft is over, what is next? I mean, I've watched my share of classic sports, but you know that's going to wear off eventually too. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I um, that as as it continues to stay off, you know, um, you do hear about golf courses remaining open and things like that. I wonder if the first um, game that's that's brought back to the limelight is golf and uh, um, uh, uh, hosting, let's say, crowdless events at golf courses. I think is a small leap, and, and maybe you know, maybe we have maybe we have the thing that draws in more golf fans um, back to the game. The biggest thing I would say since Tiger Woods, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that possibility is there. I don't know. The, the PGA uh, maybe may want to look into that. You know, hopefully somebody's listening to your show, Jeff, to to take this advice. <laughs> but um, you know, I I could see that that's one opportunity is that that golf kicks things into overdrive, um, <clears throat> especially since, you know, I don't want to get too political, but essentially since some of the courses, especially here in Florida, are in states that have been more how you say lax with out of state orders and 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 what's marked essential with things, you know, like the WWE, for example, being an essential service in Florida. What, how much of a stretch is it for PGA support staff to uh, represent the same? Who knows? Yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, we have to answer, in, and again, and I don't like to do politics on this show whatsoever, but, you know, the big thing we have to, to look at is testing. Um, yes. Because, you know, if, if uh, pro sports are going to get to the front of the line on testing, I think that's going to rub people a little bit the wrong way in that aspect. And I think that kind of detracts from sports being, uh, you know, the, the escape or the, uh, uh, the, the thing that kind of helps us heal. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that testing element um, is is definitely a huge part of it. Uh, well, and I think I think that would serve to be the case uh, as it being a backlash if if it's something where um, they were doing that to like if they were testing fans at the events and and, and it was coming out in those big numbers um, with with situations like let's say golfers and caddies and production staff it's such a small population. Um, I, I'm wondering if, if that would be kind of an acceptable trade, you know, Hey, we're trying to mass produce it. We'll take like one f- five thousandth of a percent of the test supply and entertain you while, you know, you wait your turn in line to get tested yourself. Uh, the rationale is there. Could you get the public to buy? I'm with you. Probably not. Um, and that's, I think that's why like just the NBA itself, for example, keeps reiterating a big part of of when they're going to decide to return testing is an essential element of that you're absolutely right yeah it's going to be a big thing and something we definitely will uh, keep an eye on that is for sure so kyle this has been a blast i have certainly enjoyed having you on so please uh recite for everybody once again all the things that you are involved with as the student of the game (laughs) that's right that's right hey jeff i had a great time uh being aboard uh, aboard and and i love the serendip or uh not the serendipity but the uh fortuity so to speak that i met you in person so i didn't have to come find you on twitter and beg for you to come on my show uh the uh, my podcast uh, night watch hopefully it'll be coming back this season if we have a season where i try to get 
both sides of a coin and do some good analysis for uh, UCF Knights football there. But, of course, I'm Kyle Nass, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as the student of the game. Check out my writings on sportsmediapass.com as well as the Dolphins Wire of USA Today. Also find me on 98.5 The Wire or on the Beyond the Buzzer Facebook page lately where we do our virtual conversations on Thursday. Danny Thompson and I will be doing the NFC portion of our draft grades. Um, of course, check out Hilarity by Default, which I will be recording uh, tomorrow night. We've been doing a retrospective. I don't know if you remember the show, Briscoe County Jr., uh, Jeff, but we just finished up our retrospective on that, taking it episode by episode. And as always, we talk about weekly events and entertainment. A lot of stuff going on there, obviously, with the uh, the setting day to day. And uh, just today, I had checked in with the captain on Captain and Company in the morning on uh, Old School 101 dot com and uh hey on friday i'll be talking to chris purtle on wxc as well so i you know i didn't realize how much stuff i did i tried to write it out in that email for you but there you go yeah you know i'm, I'm wondering and, and, and you and you have time to to uh to to deal with children that's amazing um <laughs> sleep is a luxury <laughs> no question well kyle thanks again we do appreciate it and uh you know please continue to stay well and stay healthy my friend you as well jeff and hey let's do this again sometime man you betcha. And that will do it for this week. As always, we invite you to share the JAS podcast with your friends, family, and even your enemies. But let's get rid of having enemies in this time where we all have to be in this stuff together. And remember, do not hoard toilet paper. And uh, you know, make sure that you are staying well and staying safe. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.